Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Reese and Josh. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, um, obviously I'd recommend you go back and listen to it, but it's definitely not essential for this chat. If you're at all gaming savvy and you know basically anything about games, then you'll be completely fine on this podcast. Um, just for just to reiterate, part one, we spoke about games in general a bit more, sort of nostalgia and things. Then we got onto a few tangents like cryptocurrency and uh, a few other things like Steam and uh, game creation and stuff. But then this part, we talk much more in depth about the gaming industry. We talk about the publisher and the creatives, sort of dynamic and the relationship they have, um, why Star Wars Battlefront 2 was so... Why it caused such a a ripple in the gaming industry, um, as well as we talk about season passes, loot boxes, or loot crates, um, pre-orders and AAA games, and DLC, that sort of thing. Uh, We then get towards the end, we get to a little bit more political grounds. We talk about James Gunn and political correctness regarding uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We then talk about political correctness in games. Um, We then talk about boob physics a little bit, as well as Bayonetta and women in games and sort of how they're represented and our opinions of that. Um, And then... Yeah, that's pretty much kind of how we sort of get to a close. So if you're interested more in the political side of sort of video gaming and things, where you want to hear three guys talk about it that are, um, then this will be a great podcast to listen to. And just to reiterate, um, you don't need to listen to part one of this. It's more of just a, you know, it was one two-hour long chat, So and I've just split it in half. So it's just quite lucky that it uh, managed to split in half at the right sort of um, time. Anyway, enough of me rambling. Um, Just before the show gets started, there's a promo from the Watching My Stories podcast. Uh, I'll include the details in the description. And then I'll be back at the end just to talk about sort of what's coming up and wrap everything up. Uh, Don't forget to like us, follow us and all that sort of jazz on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And rate us on iTunes if you fancy it. Anyway, guys, on to the show. Hello, everyone. It's Danny from Watching My Stories. I watch a lot of TV and movies. My husband does not. So listen as I share with him what I'm watching while he tries to pay attention, show interest, and understand my point of view. New episodes are released every Sunday, so check us out at watchingmystories.com or subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'll be watching my stories. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. It's small transactions to get these things, but it does go towards the company and hopefully the company will then keep releasing content for you to then keep buying and it does actually add stuff. And I think the line is obviously where we draw between obviously characters or stages or depending on the game of more actual content compared to more variations in detail in a sense i'm not saying about costumes and stuff but like the the battlefront you know here's a gun that's better than all the other guns okay you've literally broken the game fuck you battlefront was completely unacceptable and every community battle actually about it was completely justified um cosmetic microtransactions i don't inherently have a problem with if it's a free-to-play game because okay. then you're saying, okay, I'm allowing you to play this game for I'm releasing this game from free. People that enjoy that game will then purchase the cosmetics and the things for it to then say, okay, they'll say that I've invested in this game now. That's their version of paying for that game. See, I think... Then things like Warframe is an example of someone that's done that very well recently in a very yeah. good way of doing that business model. I'll just say, I think League uh, is the one that I like the most. Obviously, I haven't played League before you guys have told me about it, where basically anything in the game you can get by 
playing the game enough yes. and buying it it's just yeah. the only, only issue is it's a hell of a grind to do that yeah. and it does have the uh, premium currency that you mentioned that you don't like but with I mean with that aspect of it not the actual character thing because once again I don't fully agree with the character but one I could use is Halo for example right obviously a certain Halo armor and stuff that you get by getting all the skulls doing this doing that mm-hmm. what I think should happen is certain cosmetic things you should go on it and it should have two options and one is get 5,000 kills or whatever to get not something stupid ridiculous in Halo 5,000 kills wouldn't be that much but like not something colossally unfathomably ridiculous but like achieve this thing or pay a really small price of like if it was like 10p you know what I mean or 15p or even 50p like it was really small amounts or it had on the option if you click to buy it comes up with a thing saying by the way you can actually get this another way, just to clarify. Because there's a lot of kids who are just like, if they've got their parents' card details, they just buy, 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 buy. The, no, normally, the, the, normally the way they do that is trying to influence people to spend money. Well, that's what I'm trying to because t- say against. They, um, because the game, earning the in-game currency to do it is just grind and grind and grind and grind forever. Yeah. Like, it, to the point where it disincentivizes yeah, but I don't want you, I don't want in-game currency like that necessarily. What I would have is... Um, you know, either achievements where you, you may, like that, that, yeah, but that that doesn't that just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't al- happen. it's always like in-game currencies and well, actually, Microsoft they did it with certain things like uh, Left for Dead. You can do that thing where you could buy the first aid kit thing for like I can't what it was, but if you unlock a certain achievement, it makes it free on the store with the avatars. Do you remember the avatars? Yeah, and you get like a background. I had that. Oh, you, you mean actually. stuff and, and the gnome You mean as well. stuff for like yeah. your um, avatar, avatar cool. having your profile. For yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, that's, that's not something slightly different. Yeah, but I still mean you can yeah. use the avatar in games. So you can. I'm saying in game still. I think if you have unlockables, but certain ones that are not to do with the game itself that are purely cosmetic. I think if you have purely cosmetic unlockables, or maybe even in like uh, certain games, you could pay to. Um, well, the thing is, I'm trying to figure out, like, with Smash, for example, would I have preferred it if I can basically go through um, a Brawl, for example, subspace emissary? Would I say, okay, you do that and it takes how many hours and you want to do that? Or if you want to play Smash just versus mode, literally just you can pay a quid and you just unlock everything. But that is that that's paying, paying for cheats? And is that, where's the line is almost what I'm thinking? Because I don't know. I would say no. I think any, any game that you are at, actively playing full, like, market price for... If that is then saying, okay, here's the game. Also, here's these bits that we've decided not to include in the no, game no. that you should buy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the things that you can you unlock. So you're, yeah, but you're, so you're talking about things that you can earn in, in game. Not earn. Having a quick way to oh, yeah. earn it. Yeah, not earn the money because I don't like No, no, no as in earn yeah. the content. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you unlock, yeah. you can either unlock characters by playing it for X amount of hours or doing a certain amount of things, or you buy it. You can buy them outright. I think it, it is a gray area. I think it's, possible to do healthily mm. but at the same time I do not trust uh, I not developers I don't trust publishers to allow developers to do it in a healthy way I think they'll just say but okay, Leaf well, does it make uh, say, that's what I'm saying like, I, I don't like the way that um, League handles it entirely right I'm not saying that League is epitome of all good I oh god no, good, no. no. no um, but it's a slippery slope of saying okay well the publisher can just be like okay well make it this is the requirement to unlock it in game hmm. and then say well that's ridiculous and it's like yeah so then they'll buy it I think that's what it has to be it almost has to it, be it, it, a council like, of yeah. people who play who play video games and judge them on how there has to be like an hourly rate or something because it has to be some sort of thing of like you can't have an unlockable unless at like the last unlockable in the game maybe I don't know you can't have a game like 
like Smash, and it's like, okay, it's 10,000 hours of gameplay, or you buy it for a quid. It's that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's, yes. uh, that's like, that's, that's exploitation. Saying, that's actually saying, you need to buy this. With your, either your time and <laughs> yeah. your life or your money. Like that's, and I think the, the problem is, is it's a game by game basis and it depends what the unlockable is. It depends mm-hmm. what you actually have to do to get it. Because obviously, as you say, when there's something that's so ridiculous, it's like, well, obviously you're basically forcing people to buy it, especially if something people really want. Like if you made a character in Smash, like Captain Falcon, if you made him, you have to play Smash for a thousand hours or pay a quid. That would be exploitation because he's such a fan favorite. Other thing is to do with things like loot boxes. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially, as I said about the whole Hawaii and Belgium thing, um, the same exploitation cycles as gambling addictions. Um, and that's been proven. Uh, and essentially things like, for example, um, Overwatch, right? I would say Overwatch, one, you pay for it, like 40 plus quid. So one, shouldn't have microtransactions in it anyway. Mm. Two, Yes, you can earn the loot boxes fairly easily just by playing the game, mm-hmm. especially when you start partying out with people for bonus experience. But uh, the amount of things you get that are duplicates, because it's all randomised. Utter trash. It oh. becomes so trash. If I would find it less egregious if they literally got rid of the loot boxes and said, okay, here's this skin. This, this tier, these tier of skins are this much money. Mm-hmm. These tier of skins are this much money. These tier of skins are this much money. And then it's there, and it's like, you literally, instead of trying to, like, get a loot box and hope that you get what you want out, you say, I want this one. Yeah. I will pay this much money for this one and get the one I want. Yeah, I A simple purchase an item, you get the item. Yeah. And that's it. That's the problem. I think Borderlands and- actually had a loot box thing as well, didn't they? Because they have the keys. And you can actually pay for the keys, and that unlocks a chest, which is not... That was actually sort of a loot box, in a way. It was. Yeah. In it a was, way, you but can... you don't pay for the keys. They release what's called shift codes mm. yeah. through their social media, mm. which you just type into the game and you get a key. Yeah, but I think you can also pay for those keys. I've never it's seen like, any way... I've, I've never seen any way that you pay for those keys. I'm pretty certain it was one of those things where it's like a... You know you can go to shops and you buy like oh ten pound credit for Farmville ten pound da, da, da. there's ones that's like X amount of keys for Borderlands I, I don't remember. remember ever seeing that I may be wrong but I've never, no never seen that um, in terms of uh, if we're talking about things like that um, DLC mm-hmm. Borderlands I think is one of the examples of DLC done well because Borderlands has as a game they're all like Borderlands one Borderlands two uh, the pre sequel I'd say as well yeah, they're all the complete games. Yeah. on yeah. release yeah. and then they add in DLC that for some of them a couple of them are almost entire games in their own right mm-hmm. in a way not quite as big but they're, they're like there are huge DLCs and that is like what I want if I'm putting in money I'm paying like 10 12 pounds or something for this DLC I'm getting something that is worth that money like I, I'm paying let's for example back in the day probably Borderlands maybe 40 quid for us yeah. maybe a little bit less uh, and the DLC was twelve pounds worth of like Microsoft points or something. Mm. Right? You're expecting to be like, yeah, in so theory, like a like, quarter of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Skyrim's a good and example. And w- was it Witcher you said previously? The Witcher yeah. is also Wait. amazing for a DLC. I will well. say, I've, I've been looking, I've been looking online, and basically, um, you can't buy a Borderlands keys. Um, I don't believe um, from mm-hmm. what I can see. But what it is is that you can. You can buy a Game of the Year edition, which comes with keys. So I think I was getting confused, so I believe. Yeah. And yeah. then their social medias all release, like, shift codes, which you type into They almost the like, daily, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, you get so many, and they're, they're constantly ongoing. So it's, it's, it's... They're just constantly providing you with content. Like, almost like... Um, 
uh, trope that's being passed around at the moment, almost, almost like a live service mm-hmm. in which they're providing you the means to access additional content to keep the game just a little bit fresh because the guns in that game are basically completely randomised. Yeah, I mean, that, the randomization of that is good. I like the social media aspect of it. I do like it where you share stuff. It's a clever mm-hmm. marketing thing. It's people doing what they want to do, saying they're fun. And, and they are games. They're good quality games. Yeah. Like the art style, the comedy, the gameplay, they are really good, solid games. I will... Easily, especially when the third one, because that's going to be in the works at the moment, I think. Borderlands 3, when that eventually comes out, I'm lapping that straight up. Yep. <laughs> um, Reese, with um, me and Josh been talking quite a lot of this uh, loot box and the shift key, what's your sort of, what's your opinion on some of what we've been saying? It's like, uh, it's a shit, isn't it? <laughs> where's the, where, well, season passes it and things hurts, like that? Like, like Game of the Year editions and season passes. Where, what do you not, and what host? Oh, where do I draw the line? Yeah. Season passes can fuck off. Well, season passes can fuck off, but unless they have... Oh, it's, it's such a grey area, though. Because I would say season passes can stay if the developers bring out, before they release the season pass, they bring out a schedule that will will be fulfilled, and when they're describing what that DLC is and how much content you can expect, that is actually true. Or, for example, if they release all the DLC and then say, okay, here's the season pass where you can... Actually, no, that's probably slightly also bad because it's like, oh, you bought all the DLC. Oh, well, tough luck. And we're now releasing a season pass that's like £10 discounted. Yeah, that's, that's a bit right. also... If tough. you're going to do it, do it at, do it at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. The absolute worst, which I want to kill myself, is pre-ordering. I just... I just... Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys got mind. annoyed at me when I pre-ordered Battlefront 2. It doesn't make sense. It's like, but I want to get it on day one. It's like... Go, go out and buy it on day one then what the fuck like what the fuck he's spending 40 quid it could be absolute shit and guess what if it's a triple a game it's probably absolute shit right now it's probably mm. absolute, but on, it's on amazon for example i don't actually shit. i'd actually pay that until like a few days before it comes out it is granted it is basically already saying they're going to make this amount of profit but it's basically like i don't have to worry about ever being out of stock i just on amazon i click a thing and i don't pay for it and then it comes out in six months i pay for it when it like a week before it releases it doesn't matter Basically, what it tells the developers and the amount of money they make on pre-orders is obscene, some of them. What it tells them is it doesn't actually matter about the quality of the game because they've already bought it. Mm. it can be, we can yeah. make it, we can literally take a shit on a disc, digitise it, and then <laughs> show everyone some amazing game that's not this one. Everyone will fucking buy it because everyone's jacking off how good it looks because they're able to hype everything now. And then they give you an unfinished piece of shit and you've already paid for it. The How's two- that, how's that different from buying it on day one? Because on day one, you can actually, you have a, you, you have resources to look at reviews. You like get, critics um, all and all the reviews yeah, and the critics see embargoes. The, the review embargoes are over and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's like a week you or two have, before it comes out. You, like, you can it. even wait, you can even wait like a week or five days before it comes out or something and just look online. If it looks great, then buy it. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if you, if you follow a reviewer and you agree with them on most things and they show you the game, it's like a, fairly long video they talk in depth about it they say and you get you look at it and you're like I don't like that game I can just tell on the way they're talking about it I'm going to like it pre-order it go for it but only only if it's actually amazing like if, if the game's the, good and you know that before playing it then pre-order it because it rewards the, the, the thing it's going to reward the developer but. the one thing I want to say about this that is a, a key point to make as well where pre-ordering there's literally literally zero reason ever to pre-order is when it's on PC and you're downloading the game. There's not a physical copy. They can't run out. You just buy it and like, then download it. Yeah. yeah it's like and on Steam, when you go buy a game, you buy it and literally the confirmation screen of you buying it says install. That's it. 
So mm. like, what have you? At, what time have you saved? Nothing. So and they know that, and it's it's a, it's a similar thing for console. Mm. You do have to go and buy it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the same kind of thing. There is actually no reason to buy pre-order yeah. at all, and they know that. So what they do? Add in pre-order bonuses, and most of them are absolute trash, like shallow, awful shit that like may seem like a gimmick or may seem cool, and then you get it, and it's just yeah. like it's a gimmick and it's just trash. The two things I want to say about the pre-order bonus stuff. I was going to come on to this, but thanks for bringing it up. Um, there's one recently that's atrocious. I think it's Black Ops 4. I saw Jim Cruz. It's, no, yeah, like, it's like a £60 season pass or something. The game's like £60, £45 already. It's a £6 season pass for a load of like DLC maps and content and everything. The game does Call of Duty, Black Ops 4. There's no campaign anymore. It's just all online. And they're instead basically putting in a Battle Royale mode. Oh, no, they're not. They're... Yeah. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> what, in, like, I what? saw, like, we the mean, like, player unknown, like, video. Player unknown. PUBG, yeah. Oh, God. Because that's, oh like, the in thing at the moment. It's just like, well, we can capitalize on that. And there'll probably be loot boxes. They'll probably be paid to win no. stuff. Because modern, uh, whichever one, uh, what was it, the most recent one? World the, World, the World War One one. World War Two, it was called. World War Two. Yeah. Is that the one with the, with the that remake had of... essentially loot boxes, which dropped from the sky. It's a care package, and you opened it up, got these like card loot box things in front of other players. So other people are saying, oh, "Look, like I got. I need to get one of those." Oh my god! <laughs> Did you not know that? that? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the but fuck? The other That's like they're... They're becoming a character. These companies are becoming characters of themselves. They're yes. just doubling down. Yeah, yeah. All this exactly. horrible bad press, and they're like, "You know, what we should do. We should take out the campaign of Call of Duty, the reason- and replace it with Battle Royale." It's like, who is making these decisions? The reason I want to be in the fire in the wall, and I'm meeting and all sat around the table like a bunch of like fucking six-year-old men who've never played a video game before, and fucking suits like, "Oh, this is very good on the charts. Look how much money they're making. Let's do the same thing." Ooh. Oh yeah. Um, the I think the reason why Activision Blizzard, which is people that make uh, Activision publish uh, Call of Duty, the reason they've managed to get away with that pretty much scot free is because while they've been doing that was when the whole fiasco of Battlefront Two was going on. Mm. So they basically just flew under the radar scot free, by for the most part. The other pre order bonus thing, which is egregious as fuck, was um, Deus Ex Machina: Mankind Divided. Right. Where they started off pre-order bonuses and they had tiers of pre-order bonuses to encourage people that pre-ordered to get other people to pre-order. Oh, <laughs> so, so if you, because, get, other, if you get your mates to a card. <laughs> oh, so X number of people have pre-ordered the game. This is the level of the pre-order bonuses you get. If this many people pre-order the game, you get the next tier of pre-order bonuses. I admit, I'm actually, and, I, I am actually impressed by <laughs> the layer, how deep they can make this. Wait, wait, right. is that, yeah. just to clarify, is that basically a huge, a total of if this amount of people in the world, or if you personally get your friends to do it? This number of people in the world. Oh, So I it's see. like, if however many people pre-order this game, you, like, let's say like 250,000, you end up getting up to tier two. If, a million people do, you get up to tier four. If right. five million do, you get up to tier five. And it's like the pre-order bonuses increase as you just trying to encourage people to encourage more people to pre-order so the pre-order Spread bonuses it. get bigger. Oh, so gross. And as like you said, I, 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 I feel like surely they can't get worse than this. And they never fail to surprise me with how much avarice and greed they can display. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. Horrible. Do you see um, Activision, I think probably about half a year ago now, but they uh, they got a patent on an idea. 
Oh, yeah. yes. And it was, it was um, about it was a, a matchmaking system, right? You yes. Remember this? Oh, it's a matchmaking God, system where <laughs> they don't know what game is going to be and they theorised it would be Call of Duty, I think, didn't they? Uh, yeah, so uh, Activision basically filed for a patent. It got published and released. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know whether it was technically illegal or not. It was found. But it's, it's a patent, so essentially it has to be it's released and say, pub- this public. is ours, public, you yeah. can't mm-hmm. use this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a matchmaking system where essentially it pitted... High level players that were good players. Oh, I can wait. Can I guess? Can I uh, guess? Go on, go is it, it high level players against low level players? But what happens is obviously the low level players can't beat them because they haven't got enough stuff. So it enforces them or makes them want to buy the better weapons yeah. to fight against them more. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, God. The players, the that's literally players, exploiting <laughs> children. The high level players have better equipment because they balance the game badly. Uh, and they're obviously better because they're high level. And they have all these skins and everything. With the so, did, yeah. it's like, oh, so you're just they like, kill me with that gun. I want that gun, so I need to buy it. Little little Jimmy's have spent fucking 55 <laughs> fucking pounds on the new Call of Duty or something. sat there, 11 years old. He's playing his game. Some fucking pussy eater fucking 10,000 stomps his face in fucking 5 million times in one match. And he's got like all this crazy like neon, you know, just crazy cosmetic items and, and crazy amazing guns. huh? Blue Tiger. Blue Tiger. <laughs> And he's thinking, I want that, I want that, that's why he's beating me, you know? Because he's everyone these, everyone these days is terrible, everyone's a terrible fucking loser these days, and people online, people go fucking nuts online. Basically, people have no idea how to conduct themselves. And because of that, they, they can never, people never improve. People say in trash tier, like in, in league, people say like trash yeah. tier, because they just, they're so angry, and they can't admit their own faults in any way, or never ever learn, and they just blame everything else and always be shit. And people who like that, because in so many of them, will see that kind of shit, and they'll be like, they're beating me because they have all this amazing stuff. I'm going to buy that amazing stuff. <laughs> it's like, and then still be shit. And the people <laughs> who are stupid enough to do that are the people who are stupid enough to have the attitude that that everyone else is it's the problem, not them. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's just I mean, it's impressive. Like the they understand their market clearly. They the, the, these publishers, yes. they understand their market. It's like oh, we're dealing with mostly retards here. Yeah, it's like oh look at all these people that are so easily exploitable. People just Let's like exploit them. Yeah, people who are like buying, uh, pre-ordering. Like uh, I think Call of Duty is like potentially at like, 50, 60 quid when it comes out now. Yeah, something like 60 that. quid game with a forty quid or fifty quid uh, season pass and a bunch of other shit. Before it's even out, like that's a way of saying, "Oh, by the way, just fucking take my wallet, guys. Just take it." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Okay, we'll fucking take your wallet for a ride." Well, the one of the things that uh, when this all started to happen, not only the microtransaction thing, I know it's been happening over time uh, for quite a while now. But obviously, the Battlefront Two thing kind of uh, shown it into light a lot more in the public eye. Um, but one thing that yeah. blew me away was when you told me, Reese, about the FIFA game and the Game <laughs> of the Year edition or special edition, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you remember what the difference? Cause I can't remember exactly what oh, it was. Oh, that had, the FIFA game had paid to win stuff in it. No, no, it's a FIFA game. And the five pound like, difference, I think. Or I think, ten, I think, no, I think it's a ten pound difference. Ten pound, yeah. Like 40, it was 50 quid and then 60 quid. So it's probably about like $15. And yeah. if I remember correctly, the only difference was a different ball. No, I think it was a different ball and like an alternate outfit, like a, a away gear for like a couple of the, the things. I'm pretty sure it's just oh, the ball. God. Honestly, mate. Really? Like, pretty, pretty sure it's just the ball. In context, you know, no, no one else can see this, obviously. But like you're saying these things, and they're just turning to me to look for confirmation of like this is fucking shit. <laughs> this is ridiculous, right? <laughs> well, it's like when Battlefront Two they released the uh, special edition, and I saw it was like sixty quid, and I was like, I wonder if you get anything cool with it. I, I, I was like, you know, if you get like a statue or something, because there's quite a few games that come out where they have a, a price tag that's like twenty, thirty quid more, and you get like a cool statue with Aliens Colonial Marines, which is the worst game I've bought in a very, very, very long time. <laughs> but the statue I got with it is the statue I got with it is literally a guy in the suit from Alien. 2 fighting an alien it's badass I got it on my side it's, it, 
I love it. It's not great made. Uh, funny thing. With what I was going to say with Battlefront mm. 2, what they released for it, extras, I looked at it and I was like, okay, 15 quid. That's probably quite a lot. No. There's literally like, there's star cards, like your character things, basically like loadouts and Halo and stuff. You literally get like three or four extra of those. There's like a map you can access, like two or three maps you can access someone else can't. And then like two or three skins. It was like 15 quid. And I, was, I remember looking at it, like, there's got to be more than this. And there's pre-order things of like, I think one of them was you get access to a character that gets unlocked to ev- for everyone mm. like a few weeks before everyone else does. And I was like, yeah, what the, I was like look at this like what you're making people like my, if my dad for example was still about he would often buy me the special edition of stuff because he wants you know if you want to buy your kid something you think oh, I want to get him the best edition but he wouldn't look at it he wouldn't know what's good or not about it so he would look at that buy it for me I'd be like yeah that's awesome and I get it and I go oh there's literally like six things in here I'm only going to use one of them there's like a thermal detonator that you get that you can only unlock when you're level 10 but you get it from the get go and it's like why is this 15 <laughs> quid 15 pounds for that the one thing another thing is that I can't remember I was going to go off on something that was relevant and now I'm kind of thinking about tangents Um, I remembered the thing about the um, new Call of Duty Black Ops thing that was really egregious Yeah, which was they basically had 50 pounds or whatever for the game which is literally a multiplayer only experience now so there's no you can't you can't play it offline because it's multiplayer only (laughs) right and uh, then day one there's a season pass for another like 50, 60 quid with the promise of new content. As well as the <laughs> fact that there are certain things, I think it was the zombies mode or something. Yeah. Or something like certain levels or something that you only get if you get the season pass. Mm, yeah. Like you don't get them if you can do all the other DLC that comes out later is going to be able to be bought separately. If you buy them separately, you don't get this level. So yeah, you have to get the season pass. I think Battlefront two. I think Battlefront two had that with one of the games. I think there was one game. I think it might be Battlefront one. I think it was Jakku in one of the games. I think it might be Battlefront one or something like that. Uh, it was one of them where I remember it was pre-order and it was like you can only play that map if you pre-order. And eventually, after ages, they released it for like general, but they weren't ever. It wasn't necessarily the scene plan because they were like, "We well, better fucking pre-order, then, don't you?" And the thing about I know you just mentioned special editions and stuff. Mm. <laughs> special editions. <laughs> Right, so now you have the base game, mm. like £40, £50, something like that, you know. Then you have the Silver Edition, the Gold Edition, the Ultimate Edition. So that's like, oh yeah, the Ultimate Edition, right? Now the Ultimate Edition is essentially the base game for 110 quid, And then you have two more Supreme Editions on top of that. Fuck Who's that? I can't remember. It might have been for... Um, was it... Uh, Modern Warfare 2 Assassin's started Creed, that. The most recent Assassin's Creed has something similar to that. Origins. Origins, yeah. I mean, it has something like that. Or, it's, I'm pretty sure it was a Ubisoft. The Assassin's, I think, like, I, it was, it was like, like, gold, it silver, it was like, something yeah. silver, gold, ultimate. It's like, oh, ultimate, and then it's like, supreme, and <laughs> mega, and it's like, but that's the ultimate, surely ultimate is ultimate, it's not everything, no. <laughs> it's just like, I think, oh, Assassin's Creed Origins, I think the most expensive version of it was like 600 credits or something. There's, yes. there's Collector's Edition, there's no, Legendary Edition, yeah, yeah. there's Dawn of the Creed Edition. So yeah. that's three editions already plus yeah, the and that's not even like, that's after Silver, Gold, Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's, it's so bad. I th- I'm, I'm okay with three. Okay, three editions and this is my mind with really? three. Right, I'm, I'm okay ex- with one. Let me explain, let me explain, let me explain. Let me explain exactly what the three editions are, okay? Standard game, 30 quid, Everything you want, you know, access to the DLC without shit. Okay, can't be thirty pound anymore. Fuck you. And that's what, exactly what I'm saying. It's idealistic. Um, then, like, uh, forty or fifty pound, you get a soundtrack with it. You get an art book. 
and you get like a collectible thing because I like that sort of shit. I quite like that. And then one extra edition, which is up the 100 quid one, which once again, you don't get anything more in game. You get like a figurine and some sort of really awesome limited edition. Like I've got the Fallout special, uh, New Vegas. There's like 9,000 of them that exist. I've got a special box numbered. That was like 80 quid or 100 quid or something. It's got loads of collectible things, an art book. It's got like a DVD. It's like a making of shit. It's like you want extra content that other people, if they don't want it, it's like you don't have to buy a 100 quid edition to get a map. That's 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 taking away from the game. You should own add-ons like that should only be, I for me, physical things you get. Yeah, but that would be consumer friendly and we can't have that. <laughs> Pre-order, get an exclusive mission. I literally, I literally just went on Assassin's Creed on my phone Origins. Yeah. Pre-order, get an exclusive yeah. mission. So, oh, the the most, the most egregious thing of um, uh, the like edition stuff and everything sort of thing is when you literally have a game releases day one. There's already DLC that's available to download for that game oh. on day one that it's released. It's like okay, oh, I found why, it. why is that not in the game? <laughs> I found the editions. Okay, so you're pretty much right. Standard edition, yeah. Deluxe edition, yeah. Gold edition. Yeah. God's edition Dawn of the Creed edition (laughs) and Dawn of the Creed collector's case legendary edition (laughs) there are there are there are six editions this one guess how much it was Guess how much? Like, it's like six hundred dollars. Seven hundred between both of you. Seven hundred pounds. Seven hundred pounds. Almost, almost all of that is uh, a big figurine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And apparently, it's really, really, really well made and stuff. Oh, is it nice? So I imagine that's is that like what? Is, that's one of the ones where you, you put it on your. Uh, it was only wrist. available in the US. Pretty sure. No, I'm on the UK website. Six hundred ninety-nine pounds. Um, who the fuck buys that? Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone, nice. right, someone who's who likes games as much as you do is. No, they don't. They won't be loving no, Assassin's Creed no, that no, much. No, no, no. Let, me, <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain. About that sort of age, but really into say Assassin's Creed. He's just his favourite game. Like he's like that. Like the way I am with Star Wars, but I even wouldn't spend that much. But still, he earns. He's forty to fifty years old. He didn't really want a family. He's got a lot of mates, but his main thing is gaming. He earns two to three, maybe four grand a month. He pays some of that on rent. He has like three grand disposable income. What is if you have three grand a month? And you, there's a Dark Souls edition that came out. There's like 500 quid. There was like a statue yeah, you're of like a proper. Talking about Dark Souls. And yeah, but to you, Assassin's Creed. Well, this Assassin's. <laughs> I like Assassin's Creed. Jesus Christ! But you are comparing Dark Souls and Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I don't think I can be in this room any longer if I don't continue to do that. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. It's annoying. I've got a open image here. Okay. Uh, well, I was just looking at the Dawn of the Creed edition. Okay, you do get you get an amulet, an art book, art cards. God, Jesus Christ! You get a figurine, a world map, um, a game soundtrack, a steel book. A season pass and the deluxe digital uh, pack, which is like a desert cobra pack with an exclusive mission and shit. So you get that's still not seven hundred quid though, mate. Seven. I mean, that figurine thing's probably one of those ones you get in the Forbidden Planet that's worth yeah, like two hundred fifty quid. It's gonna easily be most of the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. One thing I know you mentioned, we actually briefly touched on it, where you said about like thirty pounds for a like standard base game thing, yeah. right? The whole thing about oh, games are expensive to make, man. Dude, got a bit of money because they're expensive, and they can't be. They've got to be sixty. A lot of the games. That's it's like so Jim. What one? <laughs> no, huh? That's so Jim Cousins. Yeah, like triple A games. <laughs> um, the, there was something I can't remember what game it was, but the information essentially got released that the budget for the game was about seventy-five million dollars to make a game. Right. right. Guess how much of that marketing. was going into the actual game and well, how which much game was, was this? marketing? I can't remember what game. Okay, sorry. I remember uh, roughly marketing. The I think it was what, like 40, 50 million Something in marketing? Like that, yeah. yeah. Like literally two thirds of the game, hmm. two thirds of the money being invested in this game wasn't actually being injected into making the game. So you end up spending 
£50,000 on marketing, then spending 25... Uh, I wish it was only £50,000. $50 million uh, marketing the game that cost $25 million to make. And then because you only put $25 million into making the game, it's subpar, not good, and then... It's like you're selling it for a ridiculous price to make up for the amount of money that you spent on marketing. It's like, it's, huh? It's then you have games that are shiny examples of what I think in terms of Jim Sterling has dubbed um, double A games, uh, which is essentially indie developers making a triple A style game. Mm-hmm. And I think you know what the game we're going to talk about. Middle, middle shelf games. Um, yeah. Have uh, you heard of uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice? No. No. Um, it got released. PS4, PC, uh, Decent game, uh, as you think, very good game. Mm-hmm. I've not played it, you've played it, yeah. Reese has played it. Um, it was high production quality, good graphics, very, decent story. Very like, good graphics. Very good game. <laughs> very good guess graphics. How much, guess how much it was. Like, online to buy, uh, disc copy, everything. It was made by Ninja Theory. It was also very artsy. Yes. Like, very kind of like. like Afro Ninja, like, Afro Samurai. Oh, no. No, artsy is in like, it's like really oh, serious. Oh, like, let the right one weird. in. Let the right one in, sort of artsy. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay, it's great. Because like the way a movie yeah. would be artsy, it's kind of more like that. Yeah, very, very, in, very much emphasis on certain things. That's how. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, how much would it make right to make to be made? And not, not think about any how much to be made. I was asking you how much do you think the shelf price was for that game. Oh, uh, twenty five quid. It was twenty four pound, twenty four ninety nine or something. Swish. And it is the it is on par with the quality of some of the triple uh, A games that come out recently. Hmm. that are if not better than some of them it had no extra content nothing was left out no DLC it just came out this is the game 25 quid there you go done yeah. they made a respectable profit margin on it in terms of percentages and that, that was, was it that was the next game <laughs> and that was right it's like look you can do this too and not be greedy avaricious bastards it's basically just a corporation what happens is a developer a small developer uh, groups small group of developers get together make a, a company they all love games they are super passionate they want to make the best game possible yeah. they do that they keep doing it they start getting quite good at it and then some massive corporation who is literally a publisher they have no they don't have their fingers in yeah. making games necessarily so it, it, was, it, was, self, it was self-published yeah they, they go, Ninja Theory with the developers yeah. funny enough the same people what, that made DMC what, what Reese were you going, where were you going with that Reese then they, a company will see that oh they're, they're making games that are good we're gonna, and the people are, they're making a name for themselves. People know that this company is now good, and they should buy games from them. We buy these companies, so we will offer them absolutely obscene amounts of funding for their projects. And they go, "Well, I don't know. I've heard some weird things about this." And like, "Yeah, but imagine a grant of a hundred million a year." And they're like, oh, "Okay then." And then they go, "Yes." And then EA will buy them. And then this is not talking about the company making a sacrifice, no, but just in I general. You're talking about um, in general, they'll buy them. And then they're like, yeah, make these games, but do all these marketing things. that just stick loot boxes in. They're like, we don't really want to. It's like, well, we own your company, so we can just like, we have, well, they, own the in, they own the intellectual property. That's yeah. the problem. Well, it's like what, they just what, squeeze the life out of them. You've seen the fucking EA graveyard. Who's the, um, You've seen the EA graveyard. What's the developer that made Dead Space? Visceral. Visceral Games got shut down. They were basically cannibalized by EA. Shut down, shut out, they're gone. Dead. Can't do anything anymore. Right. What's well, like what you were saying Wait, was about it, was it visceral? Visceral, visceral, visceral's gone. Who made Amnesia? That was a very indie. That's very much an indie game. Yeah, they did Soma as well. I, think. I can't remember. 
Well, what's going to? Oh, they're frictional. The, frictional. The, yeah, <laughs> de, de, Viseral defunct October 2017. Yeah. So is now was an American video game developer studio owned by EA. Mm-hmm. Well, Electronic Arts, obviously, yeah. says, but best known for Dead Space. Oh, good. No more um, of those games. See there. Were so, they were they bought? I want to know. Were they, were they bought after number two by any chance? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> that, make, that makes a lot of sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's the true case. Um, but yeah, so for the center of sacrificing, because you've not played the game, um, I've seen it. You played it, Reese. Uh, for a comparison, I would compare in terms of the very good graphics. It's not quite up there, but I would say the graphics compare are comparable with. The new God of War game. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Which is also a fantastic way. The new God of War is an absolutely amazing game in pretty much every respect. Yeah. I, and it's like, there's no bullshit, there's no trickery. It's just, this is a really good looking game. It's really well fleshed out. It's really well polished. And yes, it's a full polished AAA game, but it's probably just about worth that price. I'm just saying. I was just in looking my on eyes, from the experience uh, that I got back. I was just gonna say. I'm just looking on um, online. I was just looking at visceral. Uh, I can't even pronounce it. Visceral. Um, basically, what it was is um, Dead Space. It it was it was a red Redwood Shores, which was a part of EA essentially. So that's what um, yeah. it had already started as that. And then what happened is they just they became their own sort of part within the company. They became their own mm-hmm. studio within the company and stuff. And then this is quoting Wikipedia now, which does have sources linked and stuff. But um, Visceral continued working on the next title, Dead Space Three, which they wanted to make in the same veins as the first title. But according to Wanat, uh, there was a concern from EA about this approach, and among other large changes, had the team introduce cooperative gameplay into the game. And then there was more pressure to make the game faster, appeal to a broader audience, an approach that was odd in its roots in the series that was a horror genre. So, and it was like basically, yeah, saying, um, and then now they're not working obviously on the fourth title for, the, for Dead Space. So they basically made two games the way they wanted to. They said, we're going to make it a bit more like the first game because the second game we made it a bit less horror-y, a bit more shooter-y, and people like that, but we're going to bring it a little bit back. And EA were like, no, fuck you, you're going to do exactly what we tell you. And then they did, and then it was like, people were like, this game's good, but it's basically not quite as good as the other ones. Okay, you know, can't make a fourth one. So, and that's what happens in the music industry with uh, a lot of albums that come out and producers force people to do it. And that's what happens in the movie industry because a small uh, side thing, I was just doing a podcast with Scroobius Pip and Simon Pegg um, recently and Simon Pegg started up his own uh, film studio with Nick Frost and stuff they're creating loads of shit it's cool and he said well Shaun of the Dead if he can't make Shaun of the Dead 2 without conferring with Universal because they own Shaun of the Dead can you imagine that like Simon Pegg Nick Frost Edgar Wright the ones who made Shaun of the Dead that brilliantly original film that's unlike anything else and is one of the greatest zombie films ever made if not the best that film isn't even owned by the three people who it could not have conceivably been created without. Universal... Oh, they literally write it and stuff. Yeah, they wrote it. Um, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright wrote it, I believe, and then Edgar Wright directed it, because that's the Cornetto trilogy. That whole it's funny, it's been all of the contracts. It, yeah. It's funny, it all makes sense. It all makes sense, right? Yeah. Say, I mean, I'm writing a DD. And that's why, so that's why Simon Pegg basically said he started his own studio, because he can't. He doesn't own Shaun of the Dead. So. It's like, I'm writing a DD campaign, right? This is an impossible scenario, but say, Josh, you were funding me. Yeah. to make my D&D campaign because I really needed it I really needed I want to make a really good one I wait no you money. should be paying me <laughs> so you're funding me to, be, to make a D&D campaign and I finish it and I, I, it's my, my life's work I've I spent years on it all you've done is give me money you have no creative process whatsoever you're just like yeah whatever I, I spent all my time doing it it's my passion I'm dedicated I finish it I'm like this is my art I've created it now. <laughs> yeah but you made it it's fine though I'm like yeah, it's fine. You get five percent. And then it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I've been, I've been, I know you've been giving me money, but like, 
I just made that. It's my baby. It's like, but, no, it's mine. But I have to Can make Can I have it? No. Reese, I have to make my money back a hundredfold. Yeah, exactly. You don't understand. You understand how hard this is for me. You have to, and you... Uh, you have to, and I don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter, because you need to, not me. Well, also, here's the funny thing about that, is obviously using that example, is that you could go to pretty much anyone who has money and make basically the same game. But... That's not the other way around. It's not two-way street. It's actually really one way. It's literally like, I have this brilliant, fantastic idea that can make you a lot of money. All you got to do, you back me, you and I, you know, we both make money from that. Instead, it's like, you give me money, you back me, you get complete creative control of the whole thing. You get to control when it comes out, when it's released, how much it costs, and every single creative decision after the actual game. You get to shave edges off it. You get to put in, tack on little things to this piece of art. I've created a canvas of art. And what you're doing is you're shaving off the edges. You're adding your own splashes of paints in places where it shouldn't be for my own passion of it. And you're putting it in a place that only certain people can see certain parts of it. Yeah. You're making people pay for different size windows <laughs> to see this piece of art. <laughs> it's like fuck you okay yeah, video games is art video games is art you know music is movies are theatre is all these sorts of creative process where I mean there's that idea where it's like a tiny political thing which someone said in the podcast which was um, people on the left create companies and have that creative drive people on the right know how to run them and what happens with that in a sense is that kind of linking into the whole gaming thing is you need people who are creative to be able to create the games but you need publishers to be able to promote and market what's happening is is the publishers are like hey we actually need they can't do it without us because they if we all band together we'll do the same thing and we can all be scumbags they have to choose one of us so it doesn't matter who they choose just choose me i'm ea i'm going to give you the most money and then i won't do this don't you worry you're pretty ahead about it and we'll, then you don't just, worry and then don't worry just give me give me star wars yeah. disney we'll be fine and then here you go and then well, blarg disney nearly took star wars off ea they did they should have fucking they done nearly did. they really really should have done i was when they said they were going to i was like please do you can redeem yourself well, and then the they didn't thing, disney pulled um what's his name off of um Guardians of the Galaxy 3. James Gunn. Yeah, but that wasn't yeah. because of a good reason. That was because he had some, like, was it racist or homophobic jokes? He, he made a some form of rape joke eight years ago yeah. or more that he apologised for then and apologised for again since recently. Yeah. I said, no, we can't have you more. Yeah, what? and also all the actors yeah. who work with him. I know that to be squeaky clean, but that's that, that's ridiculous. And also all yeah. the actors that work with him, like Chris Pratt, all that they literally wrote a basically a thing saying, "Look, we don't, we're not saying we've necessarily even forgive him for the jokes. Like, we're not trying to make an excuse for the jokes, but he's saying it's wrong." We're all agreeing it's wrong. It was so long ago, and also he's made Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Every single person on team and on staff says he's an absolute delight to work with. He's such a nice guy. He brought a vision to the series. He had all these plans for the third one. There's like a sign letter with all their signatures on the bottom of this letter. They've all been posting on social media saying he's an awesome guy, lovely director, perfect to work with. He's created two of the most popular Marvel Disney films. They're two of the most widespread, most popular ones, considered the best. And what's the reason? Oh, he made a joke literally at the birthing of fucking Twitter he made a joke around that time and, and apologised for it and now they're getting all in his arms about it it's um, like if what could, no one can make a mistake ever again literally you make one mistake in your entire life yeah. ever you fuck up once you could literally destroy your entire life it's like why it like, it's not like raping someone it's, it's words mate it's the, that's the dangerous precedent that this sort of thing sets is that if you write something like that online even as a joke that's then published out there immortalised mm. and it sets the thing it's like okay well people can't change they can't apologise what do you expect people to do like wake up as like I made this joke eight years ago oh well I best get up for the however many days are in eight years and something time 
and say sorry this morning and then try and continue my day and then say sorry again the next morning and be apologising for it literally the rest of their lives. <laughs> like the film, like Guardians of Galaxy 3 right. gets made and he gets made by it, but like literally every like 100th frame, it just flashes up like a one frame split. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, like a signature of James, um, James Gunn. But like, it's literally, it's ridiculous. I, I, in a way, I understand why they decided to let him go because they feel like they don't want to be associated with that. But at the same time, it's like, before it became it's not even like it's people will go out of their way to find these things and bring them up bring them into the public light and then that destroys someone's career it's not like that thing's readily available to be seen no. someone's like brought it up on reddit or something and reposted it and it's not it an action it. if it was an yeah. action if it was something genuinely heinous and awful like, like the like, Harvey Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein yeah that's Weinstein not thing that's ridiculous and yeah. I, I don't I'm not going to delve into that because yeah, that that's a whole other conversation we could all have at some point about forgiveness of when people do things wrong but we'll, we'll glaze over that for now um, with the video game thing one thing I'm, I want to hear your guys opinions of is um, of, is a very good ca- uh, uh, segue is um, the political correctness in games uh, and the degree of at what point should publishers listen to the audience uh, or public or gamers or whatever you want to call it, yourselves and myself I guess filthy casual um, what, where's the line at where they go okay some people are offended we shouldn't release this like that game uh, the black and white game which is hatred, a, hatred <laughs> where it just goes around literally slaughtering people like, yeah, um, Steam took off, there's a recent one that was like that Agony Agony, yeah, they... That was, they like, forced, that was like, literally a rape scene in that game. They got forced like, to... Like, graphic rape scene. That's unpleasant, but I feel like... a child, I think? Uh, no, I'm not, not going to mix it up. There is rape in it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know there's a scene where a baby gets, like, basically smashed against a rock. I mean, I don't agree with those things, like, being, like... I'm not saying they shouldn't be in a game. I don't really want to see that shit. But like in Saw, for example, I watched the Saw movies. But the reason that it's so hard hitting and impactful is because it's so fucked up. Yeah. Like you know that Mother film we watched, mm. that wasn't very good. But there's a scene in there where a baby gets killed. Like and it's it's like you watch it literally happening. It's really fucked up. And I'm sorry if that spoils it for anyone. But I, that film is actually quite crap. So I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think the distinction <laughs> line is drawn where you're doing things because they have some sort of like narrative or creative impact or yeah. some sort of social commentary on things. Yeah, and I think... And you're doing something just to be edgy and controversial yeah. and do it for the sake of doing it. If it adds something, then it should be in there. No no disputes. Yeah. Oh, it, it's a baby getting smashed in the head. Okay, so don't, don't play it then. Well, yeah, it's... it's some people, the- believe it or not, are actually like, you know, mentally sufficient enough to see something disturbing and then compartmentalise that as... That was disturbing. Full stop. Not that was disturbing. It's going to traumatize. It's going to haunt me for all the rest of my life, and I, no. I, I might even start killing babies. What you know what I mean? Like, well, there has to be a warning. <laughs> literally, if it's yeah, there has to be a warning. Yeah, definitely. literally. All it said, most games have that now. Or at least games I've been playing, they literally warn if there's flashing colours, if there's language, if there's yeah. things, and that's recent, where it comes from with children recent... buying games at eighteens. The recent thing that I talked about, I think, well, maybe with you guys also, I might have been Kieran or something recently, the whole uproar that happened about the boy that committed suicide after playing Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really. I, I don't know. And the, the know parents that. were basically trying to... Sue. Like, to basically say <sighs> that the game killed their child, their boy. It upsets me like, that they've gone through like, that, but they have to understand it's not the game. Like, the game has yeah. plenty of warnings to say this isn't actually what it looks like. Mm. It may look all this, like, happy, jokey, like, dating what, what, sim thing. It's not. It's not one? for children. It's like, you've told you me about that, up and it has disturbing images and disturbing things. What happens in that? I think you've told me about that game. It's I, fucking wacky. I never played it. Kieran, she played it the other day. 
Oh really? It's really short. You can play in one sitting, I think. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's like not a long. Yeah, you know, like a dating sim game. It's a free game, like fucking. Really, it's free. Fucking hentai looking shit. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. Like hentai, you know what I mean? Yeah, anime. Yeah. Yeah, it's all anime, yeah. and you, you just talk to cute girls, and you're like, it's like a dating sim. It's like that, but then it becomes really fucking surreal and creepy and fucked up, and like the, the really game, like dark, one of the like, characters is basically in the game being self-aware and everything, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It gets it gets really like really meta, really fucked up, just dis- quite disturbing and and weird, and it's like. You know that, like, okay, this is definitely not suitable for people that have, like, you know, a bit of a. Mm, God, I think. I think even if I was playing a game, and then within the game, if there's something becoming self-aware, and it became like, when we're going to get to the point where games become so brilliant and clever that you could actually, in a sense, be talking to it, and it could somehow convince it's, you that it's actually alive and real, and you're playing a game that's killing it, that would fuck with me a little bit. And I'm, the, you know what I mean? Like, thing is, the game isn't actually being self-aware. No, I know it's, it's not. just written to be like but that's what that. I mean. Like, it's, it's, it is a script. It's yeah. not like the game adapts to. No, you. of course not. Yeah. I'm saying that would. I'd be alright with that because I can understand. But if it gets eventually, it's going to get to a point where you're going to be able to interact with the game, and it's going to be that really weird fine line where it's like, yeah, this written like that, and the developers are going to be like, no, we wrote it to interact with you and act self-aware but it's like but where's when does a com- machine actually become self-aware which is another whole conversation but are, like yeah. there, there's a thing in that you, you basically in that, I think you type in like the name you want to use for that game at the beginning like most games you're like oh what's your name there and then it goes through and then eventually gets to a point where it says oh or should I call you and basically rips the data to take the name that you've called for that profile on the computer and uses that instead Right, it's so like on Steam, whatever your Steam name is, where you have to have your actual real name. It uses Not even that. Steam. It will go Windows. to like your your Windows computer name settings and take that and use that. Oh, I see. To sound like really like I jarring see. with it, yeah. Yeah, that because that sort of stuff. Also, like um, you know, you're actually you know Mike Burton. You actually have this address. You actually have these people as your friend, and you saw this person the other day. Like I know it wouldn't get that far, but imagine that happening. You'd be like. Okay, is this still the game? And it's like that would freak me the fuck out. Yeah, that would weird. freak me the fuck out. <laughs> that would. Oh god. I'll show you footage of someone like filming you, like just walking around the city. I don't know what I do. I, I literally, if I thought that, I, I'd, I'd be like, I'd be, I want to turn it off. What the but fuck like, is the Twilight Zone or something? I want to turn this off, but is it killing the thing? And I'd be like scared. I'd be like, I don't know what to do. And it'd be like lines of code like coming off of the computer. Like I use there, Michael. I know what you're thinking. If you kill me. You don't know what I can do. It's like, what am I going to do? I feel like I'm having a panic attack. I'd be like freaking the fuck out. I'd rather stay games just stay the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> just like restart it. I'd, I'd rather games stay yeah. the way they are. What's that when we came out? It's like, please don't make every game fucking motion control. Please, we don't need that. I like there are games that did it well. Mm. And then there's Snyder's sword. <laughs> Waggle sword. Waggle sword. I like oh, the yeah. idea of what they tried to do with Skyward Sword. Good in theory, but in practice. It, it just did not work in practice. That is the only time I regret my my, my podcast isn't a video podcast because it's literally like I'm gonna hold my thing up. It's like running with Link, like like his arm having like a full spasm, it's like has like, got bones in it. I need to Skyward Strike, like hold it up straight. This guy's like. I'm holding it up straight. You still like <laughs> it's like slightly angled. It's like yeah. I'm holding the Wii like, dead straight. Yes, I've got it in the place, and it moves out of place before it charges. It's like no. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but, that's so stupid. But yeah, we're still like watching Link play. <laughs> Reach for it. I'm gonna shut up. He's waiting for the straight face. I'm up in the air. Oh dude. Um, I was gonna ask. Um, we're getting near the two hour mark, so I'll start to wrap up shortly. Um, no. Okay. Oh, it took forever. Um, I was gonna ask with. With the state, uh, 
Oh, no, I won't do that crash level for you. We have to cross the bridge. Okay, okay. Well, that's good because I, I, I think if you did that for me, I'd be very upset. Because <laughs> like, if you actually did that for me, I'd feel I would have taken away my manlyhood, even though I've done it. But still, um, I was thinking sure, with. Sure, yes. Shut up. Hmm? Don't ever talk to me like that ever again. Okay, this is my podcast. I can edit it out and make it sound like you're being a dick. Okay, it's true. say I'm. Well, I'm I mean, a... they wouldn't be able to achieve much. He is needed. Oh, yeah, but you're, it's all about you, Josh. It's, just like, it's not all about you. You're doing it again. You are doing it again. We're coming to the end of the podcast. You're doing you it again. That. You're just doing it again. It's disgusting. No, I, I don't have to have the last word, though. Oh, you said you did it. You did it again. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, saying, you keep saying that word, I. You just keep talking yeah, not we. It's a group community thing, this podcast, Josh. But you can't do it without We're me. A group. We are a group, you know. I don't care if you're referring to yourself specifically. We Free are a group. Crowd, Hello. Yeah, we want to do this. You not know, all about I'm I. part of the group. Oh, oh he's doing it again. again. It's not I and team, but there's me backwards. Um, <laughs> um, I was just going to say one thing, which you may not... This may be a much too big a question, for example, but I speak about it with Josh in anime. With women's representation in uh, games, <laughs> right, what is your opinion like... When you, let's use Ivy from Soul Calibur 4 as a good example. I think this is a very... A pa- on surface level these days, and age, this is a very, very deep question, but it's right. really, really easy. Okay. Why are women portrayed the way they are in video games right now? Because the majority of the play games is straight white men. Yes, that is your answer. <laughs> this, this, this doesn't have to be anything nefarious about it. It, does, it doesn't. End of the day, right? End of the day, you could say, why don't they have more this type of woman, or this kind of weapon, or, or this race of women, or this culture? It's like, because straight white Western men don't give a fuck about that. They care about badass women, like Laura, Laura Croft, who are hot. And I tell you, I've seen shallow, but it's like, if you're going to be playing a character and you look looking on screen all day, it doesn't add anything if they're hot or not, other than, are they more pleasant to look at? If they're hot, yes, they are more pleasant to look at. So make them hot. It's not some weird statement like, all women must meet this standard. It's like, no, you're staring at a character all day, might as well make them attractive. It's very simple. They do it with the men, the men characters as well. How many male, like fucking Nathan Drake hmm. from Uncharted. Absolute stud. Because you look at him all day, you look at him all the time. Crash Bandicoot, stud. stud. <laughs> Those jeans, his ass and that jeans. Oh boy. Um, yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really have much opinion on it. I was just curious of your, because I wrote it down as a footnote. Uh, I do love however the topic can get. Like, mm. like you know, fighting games in particular have a, have a fun, oh, yeah. great time. Boob vis, like literally. Remember that, what, there was that fighting <laughs> game, Virtual <laughs> Fighter, Dodgeball, uh, not Dodgeball. Bikini, um, bikini Volleyball something. Volleyball, yeah. some sort of area. Yeah. yeah. And the, the whole thing, it's like, okay, here is a guy. Here is a guy in armour. Here is a woman. There's a woman in armor that is apparently armored, but is somehow wearing less clothes. Yeah, yeah. That's that, like, that is a... okay. I find that a bit like it depends. But, yeah. If it's like an elf in like a, a fantasy universe, I can I say yeah, that just fits with elves. It depends Trees, on the genre and shit. But if it's literally just like fucking full on Skyrim, like, full on anime style, like yeah. just absolutely no clothes on their armor, like just for no reason, it's like that is kind of stupid. Like. It is more pleasant to look at if you're a straight male, but it actually takes away from the world, which is why yeah. most people don't like that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's why it needs to be. There needs to be the balance in there because if you do have a character like Bayonet is a good example, where most of the time she's not wearing really really clothing, but she is that sort of. <clears throat> she's got that kind of that dominatrix sort of I'm yeah. the dominant crazy woman sort of thing. It's a part of a character and that actually she, adds something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And her clothes come off when she's basically over dominating something. That's the whole. That's the whole shtick. Not is like all her clothes completely come off, and <laughs> you think, okay, well, yeah, but. Her hair clothes. Um, it they, they all it all comes off, 
And obviously you're thinking, okay, this is objectifying women. But she is more powerful than anything in the whole game when she does this specific thing. So it's like, it's the double entendre. Is that the right term for it? Where yeah, it's, I don't think that's quite the right term. Okay. But it's it's the, like, put the two, it balances. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's like, okay, yeah, she's, she's, she's almost naked, that. which objectifies her to a degree. But mm-hmm. if she's naked and empowered and beating the absolute fuck out of everything, but, and it literally works in game, as you say, in law to do so, mm-hmm. then that makes sense. And she's a very, that's her personality. That's her type, you yeah. know? And people were having commented saying about like oh, blah, blah, objectifying women if they're about Bayonetta. Ignoring the fact that the person that made Bayonetta, the, like the lead developers, <laughs> were women. Mm. They chose to do that, to have like an empowered woman protagonist thing. And th- it's like she's doing that with all this whole like, uh, yes, it's o- I think, yes, it's over-sexualized. I would question whether I would say objectifying yeah. because it is a woman in a position of power. She's doing that because she wants to, because she mm. wants to act that way, and that's how she does it. Exactly, yeah. Like, I, did, I would say I would say it's over-sexualized. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's objectifying. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I would say it's, over, it's over-sexualized in, like, a general term. Like, it's yes. very sexual for, for the medium it's in. Yes. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's overdone. Yeah, there's not actual sex in it. It's actually just... They, the, they made her very sexual, and I think they yeah. wanted her to be that sexual. But she's they, actually they not... That goal. In a lot of ways, she's not. It's all about reading between the lines. I think if I was 10 and I played Bayonetta, obviously I'd notice she gets naked, which mm. is, you know, uh, physicalities. But then all of her innuendos, a lot of it, like calling people big boy and saying things like that, when you don't know the connotation of big boy, obviously referring to male genitalia, and things like that, it's like, well, okay, if you don't know that, like the amount of uh, movies I've watched, you know, I'm sure you guys did as well when you were younger. A certain Shrek's a good one, you know, when he walks up to Lord Farquaad's car and he's called Lord Farquaad Fuckwad yeah. and it's like he walks out the castle oh maybe compensating for something and when I was a kid I was like yeah because he's really short like, <laughs> no because he's got a small dick like, but you don't, you don't pick that up and if it's nuanced and if it's subtle it's good and Bayonet Evan never yeah. says all oh, my clothes are coming off now I'm going to fuck you into submission it's not like that and it's not no, quite but I, don't know. I think they're pretty ham-fisted with it they always like all the camera shots and stuff they like show like her top of her butt crack and all this clothes come well, off it, it's like I, but it's not necessarily a bad thing it's, it's this whole PC thing it's coming off top of slightly but it's this whole PC, PC thing where it's like political correctness yeah. you mean this has a this has a dark side to it objectifying women has a dark side because that is the dark side objectifying them is the dark side but it's like so if a woman expresses her sexuality in like a medium where someone's created it, it's always seen as like over the top and like objectifying. It's like actually don't take it for face value and actually look at it properly. Like she is, like you said, an incredibly empowered woman. Mm. She was created and designed by women to be an empowered woman. She uses her sexuality to be powerful. Mm. And it's like oh, if you look at this woman, oh, is a, is a naked woman on the screen? It's like yes, who is fucking like summoning like a twenty five foot fucking heel and smashing like fucking <laughs> thousand demons. It's like yeah. it's fucking sick. It if she was cool. just doing that for no reason, then okay, then I can, I can maybe have a, maybe you have a basis of a point. Yeah, but it's a part of the character that makes her unique and what makes her great. And I think what the line is, uh, I think with my opinion with this, uh, I agree with you guys. And I think with the whole with women's sexuality specifically, I find it's it's all about basically in what circumstance someone's doing it, you know? If you have a film, and in every film there's a woman who's really sexual, you can have it of, if I really, really oversimplify it, you could have it in two ways. You could have a woman who is strong, she's like, uh, have you guys seen Sex and the City? Like, I've only seen the movie. I've only seen no, the movie. I know some of the characters. Okay, well, there's one woman in it who's uh, quite... Uh, 
feisty, quite forceful in a sense. And she's very much a dominant one. She grabs the guys in a sense. She's the, in air quotes, the one who seems like a manslut sort of thing. That that general idea. Yeah, and I equate it. I mean manslut in the sense of manslut doesn't, if I call her a slut, it's negative, but a manslut seems like not the same way. Yeah, There's right, a di- yeah. slightly different conversation. That's, she's like the male of the group in air quotes, especially when that series made, started 10 years ago. There's a lot more of the sort of divide, especially. It's in like more, more forward, aggressive, not yeah. aggressive, but like. Yeah, the stereotypical like way yeah. men are often portrayed in those sorts of shows. And that's what Sex and City is all about, kind of flipping it, even though I don't like the mm-hmm. show. But with that sort of idea, it's like, if a woman is being really, you know, she's really scared, really weak all the time, and then men just take advantage of her constantly. There's two very, very different ways that women's sex is, is on screen, you know? And it's, it's same with everything. You could have a hundred shows where men are constantly, you know, beaten and weak and the women are the strong, powerful ones all the time. And then you can also have it the opposite way around. And it's, it's all about, the problem is, is because it's been so long with so many males doing it to so many women over cinema, you know, a lot of the old James Bond things of just objectifying women. They're just there purely to be damsels in distress, that sort of stuff. <laughs> the problem is now what's happened is that's all happened. And what we really need to do is be like, okay, we'll have a nice balance in the right way of having a certain amount of women who are strong because a story that is written for that purpose makes it worth it and having certain film games where it's optional to be male or female like Witcher and things like that where it doesn't is Witcher one way can be male or female? No. Okay not Witcher Skyrim then where it's not directly impactful on the story if you're male or female let them choose but there's certain stories like Tomb Raider which is as the story's written for a woman so there's certain times where one can be each but it's got to be not like oh, we can't have anything objectifying women of anything sexual at all of any case just in case someone gets triggered or upset by it. And it's the same with everything. And that's where the political correctness realm comes into it. And that's where... And okay. in which case I would say, okay, if you want to do that for the women's side, you'd say the same for the men's side as well and don't have like all these ridiculous like, like proper like jockey stops yeah. up. But I will say there. a lot of the time in games Mouth I find it. when there's someone disgusting, I do find off done as men. Not yeah. in like, not yeah. like where do you get a disgusting, grotesque, big, like weird, fat thing, or like a re- or like a really scummy uh, shop sale shopkeep? It's yeah. often men, and you got to go. Well, we make that women as well. You got to make it balanced, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just it. Obviously, there are more male characters, I think, a lot of the time in these games. But is it because? And I don't know the answer to this. Kind of play enough games recently. Is it because? that should be a male because the story needs it to or is it because there's just males making the game the standard straight white male is the default and that's what should be in widespread you know I think there are a lot more women slash girls playing games these days than yes, there were 100%. and I think that, that will begin to change the, like, the demographic and things that represent it's become more accepted you're not getting but people have to be girly girls I in think quotes, you know? in another branch where we're talking about like the whole uh, like sexualisation in video games and that sorts of things Yeah, I think one thing that I've seen recently going around Twitter that I think looking at it I agree with is that um, as a medium as a media to be digested by people by the general population Games can have play a part in uh, like cultural and social change of social standards and norms. In a way, for example, I think that uh, what people have said is that you could have you could very easily have more representation. And normally, I'm not one for like just representation for representation's sake. Hmm. But there is a distinct, like significant, like crazy, even more than like the women men thing disproportion that you don't just don't see them in games pretty much ever apart from a few case examples of like things like same sex relationships and all that sort of thing mm. like you just don't see it that happens the, a lot in Disney thing, films and you don't get that yeah, as well the thing that I that comes to mind that's the most obvious example of it actually happening would be all the choices and things you can make in terms of relationships with people um, in Mass Effect 
Yeah, I heard about that. That was one of the first. That was one of the first big games you could do. Uh, but by. other than that, I don't really think. Oh, you can also do it in Fable quite a lot as well. Fable, yeah. you can do it. Um, but other, other than that, I, I can't. Nothing comes to mind about things that are especially, especially none that use it as like an actual major story and plot device. Yeah, I think the problem is. I think this can be that the finishing thing. I'll get your ghost thoughts on this because mm-hmm. we're getting to the two hour mark. Just, I think it is. It's yeah, we. I'll say we, I haven't had any hand in any game developing, but let's just say we as a, as a populace who consume games, there hasn't been, because the standard was straight white male playing yes. video games, because of there was a lot of societal stigma to people who are, if you're older playing games, you're a quote loser, because if you're over like 20 or 30 and you're playing video games, there's that stigma of being a loser. If you're a girl, you should be able to play games. And all this is horseshit. It comes down to everyone should basically be able to do whatever the fuck they want as long as it doesn't hurt other people and that comes to every conversation I have in this podcast and everything like that and with games where you allow more people to do it you allow more women to like say okay let's not judge women for doing something they want to do it'll mean that more of them can get interested in it it makes them more accessible more get interested in it therefore they get more people who are developing these sorts of things who are in it also the general like people like us who I'm obviously not a woman but I appreciate oh there's a lot of women who would like more representation games there's a lot of women who would like to be involved in these games if I can, if they want to get involved, let them. Let these things come out. If I'm a developer, I'm going to be more open to thinking of things like this, and then it kind of, it's like a positive feedback loop, you know. At the same time, I think it does come into an idea. I don't know how you think about this. You might agree, you might not. Uh, that it comes down. I think developers would be very open to all these things, mm-hmm. and that it comes back to publishers being yeah. the problem. Yeah, almost all, almost all the time. Potentially all the time, actually. Okay. Well, that's a perfect loop, I think. I think that kind of, that literally, because <laughs> it's two hours now, it's getting kind of late-ish, so I think that's a pretty much perfect loop to end it on. Is there anything else you guys want to add? or uh... yeah, something, but it's oh, a perfect loop. You sure? Yeah, can, a minute ago, you, a minute Basically, ago, you... long story short, no, no, publishers are the problem. What were you going <laughs> to say a minute ago? You said something you always say, is that you should be able to do what the fuck you want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. And I think that is really true anymore. It was, up until recently, where everyone decided that everything hurts. <laughs> <laughs> It's like everyone decided that everything hurts, so that you can't say or do anything or have any kind of art with any kind of expression of even slightly controversial ideas without like hurting someone. And then once it hurts one person, you're not allowed it anymore. A la Disney with whatever you're talking about. James earlier. Gunn with the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy director. Yeah. It's like fucking, some people are just pathetic babies and we need to actually recognize who are pathetic babies and then listen to the ones that aren't. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. And I, I'll add one last thing to this, which is my only thing with that is, yeah, I agree. We need to have the balance. But what's happening, I think, is where we're getting the push for more politically correct things that are needed. Say, uh, you know, I'd say probably about, let's say 50%, just argument's sake, 50% of all political correctness stuff is genuine, legit needed. We need more representation of X, Y, Z people in this, that, and the other. But then there's another percentage of it, which is maybe 50 is a bit too small, whatever. Um, there's a certain other percentage of it, which is, the pushback of it going that far. You know, it's the whole, this industry is saying being pushed to the left, for example, and there's going to, there's some that's overlapping going way too far. And I'm hoping, I don't know this, maybe we're all going to go that far and it's going to become fucking ridiculous. Or what I'm hoping is it's going to do that, but there is that equal pushback, which I think is happening in politics with the election of Trump and things like that. And what's happening is we're hopefully just both sides are slowly going to kind of meet in the middle a little bit. And that's what I hope we can do. That's what I hope we can do. But I think we're in a transitionary period at the moment. And I think it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of conversations and a lot of work to get there. The problem is pushing to the middle would insinuate it's the extremes that are doing the pushing. In fact, in which case you have half the population having complete opposite extreme views. Which isn't actually that far off what we've got now. It's it's on its way. It's on its way. It is on its way. But 
you know, I won't get into anything further political because yeah, we're no, open up a whole yeah, kind of world. We're at the end of this now. Exactly. Yeah. So, but thank you guys for both coming on. I appreciate it. It was a very fun gaming chat. And no, um, we'll have to do another one at some point, like maybe. We'll have to do one where we celebrate games more as opposed to talking about yeah, infuriating. Yeah. We started off industry. celebratory yeah. and then it kind of, then you just mentioned uh, the industry and then it went downhill from there. Well, not to be a snob because I obviously have shitloads of games and most of them are modern, like new games. Yeah. But it is funny how we're as soon as we start talking about games I'm just like making a smile and be happy and celebrating yeah. then we're talking about all the games <laughs> <laughs> that is quite funny Jack 3 Crash Bandicoot yeah, Spyro Ratchet yeah. Clank yeah but um, it would definitely do another podcast about the things we love about games you know, the yeah. things that are brilliant So exclusively the things we love about games yeah we'll do a positive we'll do a positive yeah. one okay well thanks as always guys for coming on sweet alright cheers thank you and that's the end of part two. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Um, as I said, if you enjoyed this one, but you hadn't listened to the first one, maybe you know check that one out, as it's a similar, obviously, vein of conversation. Um, next week is my chat with Dom. Now, I've had Dom on the podcast uh, before, and I want to have him on again, so I did. Uh, obviously, I think it was last week's episode, or sorry, the week before last episode, so the one with uh, Steve, the uh, homosexual man who's a friend of mine, when we spoke about him sort of coming out and him growing up gay in the 80s and that sort of thing. Um, on the end of one of those episodes, I actually said I'd be releasing Dom's episode, uh, but the last two weeks, I've actually lied to each and every one of you that heard that episode, so... I'm deeply, deeply sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, I'm releasing that one next week. Uh, I just want to release this gaming one because I haven't done about gaming uh, on the channel as of yet. Channel? On the podcast? I don't know. Whatever. I haven't really done one fully about gaming, so I thought I want to get that out there. And we speak about a few things that are quite relevant, so I thought, you know, it's probably a good shout to sort of release that one. Um, so I'm saying I've released one with Dom next week. I don't have any other podcast recordings uh, lined up in the next week, so I don't think anything's going to pop up to make me change my mind this time. So... Yeah, next week should be the one with Dom. Um, I've got one recorded with Belinda, uh, which is Wayne's sister. Wayne's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's the paleontologist. Uh, we talk about quite a few things, including Marwell Zoo and Falconry. Um, I've got an Alex Hart is once again back. Um, he's the one I've done two movie podcasts with. And this time we didn't do a movie podcast. We did about some of his other passions, which is basically nature and what he does is a living. And, well, we just talked about nature for quite a while. I think it's about an hour or so, which that's a fantastic chat too. Um, and, you know, I've got a couple of other recorded. So I've got a few in the pipeline ongoing. I've got some that I'm going to be recording soon. I just did a collaboration with a gentleman called Frank. I went up to London and um, we recorded in a park. So I'm going to be releasing that one. Uh, I don't know when fully, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the audio sounds like as it's nine times out of ten in my lounge. So, yeah, we've got all that sort of stuff to look forward to. Um, I think that's relatively everything, really. Um, I just want to remind everyone, you know, like, follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Leave a review on iTunes and stuff if you feel like it deserves it. Um, we're on Spotify, so if any of your friends have got Spotify, you can send it their way, and there's no excuse. There is no conceivable reason everyone on the whole planet should not be listening to this podcast. If you can't tell, I'm being over the top for radical reasons, because obviously... I'm just thankful anyone listens to this at all, especially anyone listening to my ramblings right at the very end, where it seems to be a lot less with it and together. I just kind of, <laughs> there's no end game. I'm not, everyone's already listened to the good part of the podcast. It's just me left here with a mic like, well, you listen to the interesting person talk and me vaguely host, and now it's just me at the end trying to randomly say stuff. I don't know where I'm going or what's happening or who I am. So <laughs> thanks as always for listening, guys. I really appreciate anyone listening this far, and I will talk to you next week.